Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatra, joined by none other than Brent Eckersley for the Thursday. Oh, look at this. I'm losing my mind. Friday, recording this Thursday night, Friday, August 7th. Slate, man. But we're, uh, we're, we're sitting out here. I think we're both sweating a little bit on this slate. We both got some pretty decent things going right now, but... Uh, I wanted to talk to you, Brian, because you're not only just sweating on one website, you're sweating on multiple. You're playing a few different ones over there. Uh, but I know you got something de- decent going on on DraftStar. So let me uh, let me ask you, A, how your night is, and B, how your lineup is. Hey, man. Good to talk to you. My morning's going well. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> night time for you. <laughs> Friday morning Australia time here for me. Um, yeah, it's been busy, but... Um, uh yeah, going going all right today in the old DFS state uh, stakes. I, I play on draft stars a lot over here in Australia, and uh, I, I, honestly, I was pushed for time. I threw a few lineups in this morning, and and just kind of rounded in on this nice lineup that looks like it's taking cash everywhere. So, uh, you know, managed to to fit in Michael Porter Jr. and Damian Lillard and James Harden all into the same lineup, um, and one of the one of the down down guys all the value plays i picked was zubak so yeah that lineup's just trouncing right now and i'll, I'll try not to look at my phone while we talk a man <laughs> just let it roll out <laughs> no, i'm with you man i i try to i try to look every so often uh check up on it uh i i, I watch i'm generally always watching a game i always have one game on so uh, it usually has me, you know, captivated enough where I'm watching somebody I'm either, you know, playing or just interested in watching. And uh, I don't I don't look at it. But, you know, you have to keep in mind, you know, right now we're good to not look at it. But, you know, when it's times and, there, and there's late swap and you got to keep an eye on injuries, you happen to be on Twitter and you see the score and you see, you know. So it, it happens. We're halfway through the night. We're checking our lineups accidentally, even when we don't want to. But. Uh, I, I'm doing fairly well as well, man. I can't complain. Uh, you know, I had a ton of Michael Porter Jr. I played Iguodala. I played Tyler Hero. Uh, I had a couple of good guys from that Heat game. Uh, and I got a ton of guys left in this game, uh, including some Ben McLemore, James Harden, Kuzma, Davis. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm doing fairly well over here as well. Uh, we're, we're not going to check the phones. We're gonna, we probably nope. won't check the scores too, too much, but... Uh, I'm rooting for you over here, man. So I hope you could take down something big over there on Draft Stars. I mean, it's you're you're repping right now. You're repping the uh, you know the the hoop ball scene over there in in Aussie land. So uh, <laughs> I, we both are today, man. Uh, we appreciate that though. So let's. But we got a couple games to get to, man. Um, one of which it looks like it's an absolute mess. I don't even know you know how they they have a spread released for it, but I don't even know how you can determine one with this kind of scenario. But uh, we have the U- Utah Jazz going against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, this is the lone standing showdown slate for this Friday morning. It's it's uh, going to be a little bit of a a little bit of a doozy. Needless to say, too many too many rest spots to even mention. But we're going to have to go through them. So let's start with it. Utah Jazz are basically resting every single person in their starting lineup outside of Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal are all out on top of Bogdanovich still being out, obviously, because he had wrist surgery. So there's going to be a ton of value. There's going to be a ton of question marks. We're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, and on the San Antonio side, Bryn Forbes is still out, and the regular players as in Trey Lyles and LaMarcus Aldridge out. So lots of injuries, lots of things to talk about, man. Uh, we we have so much value. But we'll start, I guess, on the uh, with, you know, why bury the elephant in the room? Uh, it's going to be the Utah Jazz. All these injuries, where do we start? 
are they injuries? They're just resting them and putting uh, an injury rest, tag on them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man. They got the injury tag, but yeah, you're absolutely the injury right. tag. Exactly. Yeah. Look, I, I mentioned that I didn't have much time up my sleeve this morning, and this is why I woke up and just went, "Whoa, uh, no Mitchell, no Gobert, no Conley O'Neill." Okay, so I, I actually do a fair bit of research coming into these pods, and that all just went out the window. So I've had an interesting morning trying to dig back into this slate, but you know, like you said, it, it opens up heaps of value here, especially on this Utah Jazz team. Um, you know, we got to find value in these um, in these single game slates, and and now we got plenty in front of us. So I, I want to start with Joe Ingles. You mentioned him. Um, uh, I don't usually play Joe. I, I just find he's a middling kind of DFS prospect. He, he he can go off some nights, but most of the nights he's really just around value or under, and I can't get interested in him. But 7,400 on DK is probably still stretching my limits. But what do you think happens here, Mike? Does does he just soak up a whole lot of usage here for the Jazz or is it just going to be these guys coming in off the bench, taking the minutes and, you know, does Joe even play the full complement? So I, I, I'm I'm predicted that he gets a little bit more usage. I think that's just it's it's going to happen. But, uh, you know, when you look at the guys that are going to be replacing some of these starters in the starting lineup, uh, you know, you're going to get probably Tony Bradley in there for Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is not a guy that soaks up a lot of usage himself. Uh, you're going to get, you know, Donovan Mitchell's going to sit. You're going to end up seeing Jordan Clarkson probably start. They both shoot a ton as it is. So now you're just getting a bench scorer that shoots 17, 20 times a game, uh, starting for a starter who shoots like, you know, 15 to 20 times a game. So that's not going to change all that much either. And then, you know, you're looking at a guy like Mike Conley. Mike Conley's been playing excellent ball. He's been a little bit more aggressive. He just looks healthy. Uh, we'll probably see a guy like Emmanuel Moutier start for him. Um, and I, I don't expect the Moutier necessarily to draw the same kind of usage or anything like that as Conley. That's maybe the one spot that we see a little bit less. But a lot of these guys that are replacing the starters, you know, the, those starters aren't the high usage guys anyway. Um, you know, and, and the one that is, we're seeing Clarkson come in, who leads the team in usage since the bubble started. So. I'm expecting almost a similar workload. I expect maybe a few more shot attempts. He'll probably handle the ball a little bit more uh, just without Conley and Mitchell. But definitely definitely in a great spot just with with all these guys out. Um, but not that that much where it's like we have to go throw them in our captain spot. It's not like it's a scenario like we're seeing tonight where, like, you know, Westbrook sitting, got to play Harden, or LeBron sitting, got to play AD. Uh, it's, it's not one of those scenarios. Yeah, it's totally different to that. And and you're right, you know, Jordan Clarkson comes off the bench and starts as uh, he's going to soak up a ton, of, a ton of usage here. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, Joe's, like you said, he's going to be handling the ball a lot more. He's probably going to be initiating offense and, and the, cha- the chance for assists to go up is is definitely there. Um, Moutier, oh, I saw this price at 1400 on DK and I was wondering if it was actually correct, like, He's probably a chance to start, and and even if he doesn't, that you know that just a, that kind of value allows you to to start pretty much whoever you want from the San San Antonio Spurs team here, and and just run it back with the real value guys off the bench for Utah. You mentioned Tony Bradley; he's definitely going to get the start here, firmly in play at forty two hundred. What about um, now? I'm going to butcher this name. I reckon is it George's Nyang? Uh, Eighteen hundred dollars in play for a value play. What do you think? Yeah, he's always been floating around. He's been on the team for like uh, about, I think it's been three, maybe even four years at this point. But he never really, you know, stepped out of the role that he's in as like, uh, you know, almost last man on the roster type of player. Uh, he has some upside. He has some rebounding upside. He's he's more of like a, a stretch three or four, but not somebody I'm necessarily gravitate, gravitating towards. He would kind of be playing Joe Ingles' backup role. Uh, that would be his exact scenario. So... Uh, it depends on if you think they're going to all of a sudden, you know, maybe limit Joe Ingles because they rested everybody else. They only want to play him like maybe 25 minutes or so. Then we've probably seen Nang play some some decent minutes. But, um, you know, Ed Davis is going to securely back up Tony Bradley. I don't expect them to play those two guys alongside of each other. San Antonio is not going to play big. They're going to play Rudy Gay at the four or DeRozan at the four. So they're not going to need to, you know, necessarily go outside of, uh, you know, playing Nang and Ingles together so much. They, you know, they could, but I, I, I just don't see it happening all that much. They have uh, a lot of small guys on the wing that they can end up playing. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's going to be probably a case of pivoting between a few of these value guys. Uh, you know, if you're going to throw multiple lineups at this thing, then you, you get a chance to, you know, just pivot away from Moody A and play somebody else and, you know, still pretty much load up on those San Antonio guys. So, uh, yeah, plenty of value for Utah here. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what it comes down to. I mean, playing these these low-priced guys, yeah, obviously they have a lower ceiling and a, maybe a lower upside, um, but if they outscore a guy that, that everybody else is paying up for, I mean, you can play the three guys that we talked about or the three guys I have the most interest in, you know, being like Clarkson, Ingles, uh, and Bradley. You can play those guys and then play any single stud you want from San Antonio. Yeah. You can do that, but everybody's going to do that. And when it's a one-game slate, you need to really separate yourself. So it really depends on what kind of tournaments or if you're playing cash, what game type you're playing. Because if you're playing cash, you could just roll out, you know, basically – as many studs as you want and feel confident. Uh, but if you're playing a tournament, you might want to try to separate yourself and leave some money on the board, even if it's like a thousand or 2000, um, that might be the better call. Yeah. No, and in all honesty, I, I love these single game matchups and I, um, I love them for GPP. Um, you know, even just the shorter slates, I mentioned to you off air that um, because of the time difference here and in, in between Australia and the US, I'm basically getting to play uh, fantasy for really the last three games of each slate. And that's about it at the moment. But I like that. I, I think it gives you less uh, differential and, and less potential um lineups to choose from and i actually seem to to do a lot better there so um you know pivot these guys against each other take your main guys pick pick the ones that you believe are going to be odds on cannot fail type of players and then mix up your pivots around them uh and and see if you can get some value off the board oh i uh i love it man because i think we're, we're a perfect combo because i i can't stand showdown slates <laughs> Um, I, oh, I, play, I play them because I'm a degenerate and I need my action. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I just can't stand the fact that I'm going to have the same. Li- I'm a GPP player. I hate sharing lineups. I hate having the same lineup. I hate all of that. Uh, and it just it just comes with the territory when you play these single game slates. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, it's you know it's five to ten thousand people uh, in one contest with one game. So. No, I'm, I'm I'm good with that, man. I, I like the the lower odds and the and the lower potential spots that can actually get played. And I feel really confident going into these short slates. Um, you know, I joke with a couple of my mates that I'm the short slate specialist over here. <laughs> and you know, I, I'll I'll cash there a, a whole lot more than I'll cash when there's eight, you know, ten teams playing in, in you know previous times. All right. Well, you're gonna be our resident short game specialist over here. Yeah, man. And uh, we let's keep it moving. We're still on the short slate. So San Antonio, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Derek White, Rudy Gay. We just talked about we can pretty much afford all these guys if we want to play them. Um, but, you know, which which one of those guys, I guess, stands out the most to you? I'm sure it's DeMar DeRozan just because we can afford him. I guess, we'll, you know what, we'll, we'll just – he's a lock. Let's just be real with it. You have to play yeah. DeMar DeRozan. Um, Derek White or uh, DeJounte Murray. I mean, those guys are always a toss-up. Is there one of those guys that you're you're gravitating more towards? Yeah, it's always Derek White for me. I just like, we've talked about a couple of guys that burn us on the regular, and DeJounte is just one of those for me. Unfortunately, I just don't get him right. Um, Derek White, 8,800 is high, but you're going to be able to afford him, so uh, I'm going to be taking plenty of him here. Yeah, I don't. I, I was kind of leaning the same thing towards Derek White as well. Uh, it should be an easy backcourt to attack. You could really go with both these guys. I don't want to mind it. When you think about it, you know, Emmanuel Moutier and Jordan Clarkson, neither one of them are known for their defense. They're both pretty sure. actually terrible. Uh, so I wouldn't mind attacking them with both these guys. But either one, I prefer White, but absolutely either one. Um, and then I guess we could talk about some of the other guys, the peripheral guys, Jaka Pertl, Kelton Johnson, Lonnie Walker. Uh, any one of those guys standing out to you? Uh, not standing out, but like like I mentioned before, on these short slates or single games, you got to mix up. And if those Utah value plays don't get it done, then there's a chance to run it back. Uh, you know, with some of these San San Antonio value plays as well. Keldon Johnson, what did he hit? Twenty points on Wednesday. Uh, that's a bit of a GPP flyer on the usual for me, but uh, you know he's worth it. Salary's up a little bit, but um, you can still have a look at him. Jakob Pertl, more for cash still. He just doesn't seem to have it together yet. Um, I, I'd probably rather play Drew Eubanks at forty six hundred there. All right, um, I'm, I, I'm with you. I think uh, you know Keldon Johnson wouldn't be a bad play. A little bit priced up. Same thing with Lonnie Walker. 
it's just one of those types of games where I wouldn't be surprised if we see these young guys play some decent minutes. Uh, and then, you know, obviously maybe like DeRozan, Rudy Gay. Rudy, Rudy Gay's minutes are always limited, but maybe DeRozan's playing around 33 or 34 rather than uh, anything higher than that. And then young guys, it should be, a, I'm not going to say it's like an easy matchup, but if there's a if there's a game where they might do that, it would be this one. All right, yeah, man, we, sure. we have the, the rest of the slate. The five-game slate starts uh, a juicy one. It uh, starts at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. OKC going against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, as for a game total, we have a 224 over-under, and we have OKC being favored by 3.5 points. Uh, we'll start as far as injuries are concerned with this Oklahoma City team. Dennis Schroeder is still out. He's not expected to return. Doesn't doesn't know exactly when. Mike Muscala is still dealing with concussion symptoms. He won't play. Uh, and that's everything you probably need to know for OKC. And the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr., obviously he is still out. Uh, won't be returning anytime soon with that meniscus tear, unfortunately. One of my favorite young players. And Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow, still both out as well. So we'll start with this OKC team. Memphis, I mean, they, it looks like they're playing themselves out of it, but they, they still need to win every game. Every game is more important than the one previously. So uh, OKC's pace up spot. How are you looking at this team? Yeah, as you mentioned, pace up spot uh, against the Grizzlies. Uh, yeah, Schroeder out of the bubble. You know, it, it's a strange one. Um might just want to touch on where minutes go here. Uh, Lou Dort started, played 36 in that overtime game against the Nuggets, 36 minutes, sorry. Never really DFS relevant, though. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, I think he might be questionable in this one, and Abdul Nader might get an increase in minutes, but, yeah, nah on Nader. Um, Hamadou Diallo, he, he, he might be one guy that gets a bit of an extended run here uh, with Schroeder out. Um 3,200 on DK. That's worth a look in some GPP lineups. What do you think happens with the Schroeder minutes here? Um, I think, well, we, we, we kind of saw it uh, in the last one. It, it really just got distributed, you know, a little bit of the usage got distributed amongst, you know, Shy Gildress, Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, uh, most of the starters. And then, you know, off the bench, ooh, I got an ESPN update, but that's not happening right now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, off the bench, you know, Diallo, I... I can't get behind him. I just kind of look at him as such like that one-sided type of guy. Very, very scoring-reliant. His rebounds have been up over the past few games, but not a guy that I, I gravitate towards. I just never I just never can get into playing him. Um, I'm not going to you know knock you for playing him. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bad player. It's a pace-up spot. You should see anywhere between you know, 15, 22 minutes, so it's a decent amount of minutes, but... I just can't. I can't get aboard of it. I mean, I'm looking at. I'm still looking at mostly the starters for me. I'm, yeah. I'm not interested. And this isn't a team where you know Schroeder absorbs a ton of bench usage because he's worthy of it. It's not like he's one of those guys that necessarily now that he's in the starting lineup, uh, someone's got to score off the bench. We see that with the Clippers when Lou Williams is out and they had like Reggie Jackson to step up and score off the bench because he he's capable of handling that type of usage. Um, OKC doesn't have another guy that can really do that. So there's no one that really stands up, uh, stands out that's going to step up. I look at more of like the starters absorbing it. Yeah, that's where I'm probably looking more as well. Hey, I wasn't going to build my lineups around Diallo or anything <laughs> like that. I was, <laughs> I was just kind of saying, you know, there is a potential opportunity for some some increase in minutes there, and and that's a cheap salary. So, you know, on slates where we got to look at some value, you got to search oh, every corner. Absolutely, because if, if everyone yeah. was thinking about that low owned guy, well, he wouldn't be low owned. That's exactly right, man. But um, I, I think, you know, you nailed it. It's it's starters getting the distribution of, of usage a little bit here. Uh, I always like Shay when um, when he's out. So um, 6,800 potential value increase uh, use in, in usage, sorry. Um, he, had, he had a not a great one on Wednesday. I think he shot three of 11. But, um, yeah, uh, pace up spot, as we mentioned the last game out, I think the Grizz played the Pels and Drew Holiday had a really solid line. So uh, Gildress Alexander is more of an offensive threat here. And, and you know, uh, there, there are guys in this slate around about the same price, like Shea's 6,800, Karis Levert's 7,100. But if you wanted to maybe pivot away from Karis Levert, um, if you're worried about ownership there, then Shea's not a bad option here. What do you think? 
Uh, I think I think Shea's a great option. I think Shea, Chris Paul, Danilo Garnari. Those three guys are on my radar. Yeah. I think they're both in fantastic – all three of them are in fantastic matchups. Uh, Danilo's probably going to likely draw Brandon Clark as a start. And you know, Brandon Clark's an excellent defender, especially for a rookie. Um, but Danilo's savvy. He's been in the league for a long time. He knows how to, he knows how to pull those shaky moves. Uh, he knows how to pump fake. He, he's an excellent, excellent, excellent creator of his own shot. So, especially going against a rookie defender, he should be able to have his way and do what he wants with them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he could beat him off the dribble at this point, too. He's still in his stage in his career. But uh, And then Shea. Shea's a great price tag, 6800 I think he's averaged about 36 DK points against Memphis this season. And Chris Paul, he's priced accordingly at this point. He's over AK. He, he should have been. Uh, he's 8100 Still an up-paced matchup. I don't mind him. But we're going to talk about a few point guards on the slate that are, you know, probably worth talking about. So I, I just don't know if I'm going to go there just yet. Yeah, for sure. I think Chris Paul comes up a number of times later on where some of the, for me anyway, where some of the higher price point guards, you know, it may actually be worth pivoting and paying a little less down to Chris Paul or, you know, that type of thing. So look, Chris Paul's definitely in play. Pace up, Grizzlies defense. Yeah, well, I think we can fire him up, but I think Shea's the better value at 6,800. I agree. Let's keep it moving. Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, so, uh, John Morant, 8,500, man. Uh, he's priced up. They're they're, yeah. they're paying for those minutes at this point. Can you play him at that price? I don't even have him listed here at that price. No. No. Can't do not, it. Not against the Thunder, man. No. No, Chris Paul defense, 8,500, I'm with you. Uh, way too much. And, I mean, the main other players, Dylan Brooks is coming off a massive game. Do you think he could do it twice again? Um, and then I guess is there anybody else that, we, that you're looking at? Jonas is in a decent spot. I don't usually target too many centers going against Chris, uh, Chris Stephen Adams. Uh, but, you know, you got you to gotta wonder now that JJJ is gone and they need a big to match up with him, he should be looking at possibly 30 minutes. For Jonas? Uh, yes. Yeah, I've got him listed here as a, a maybe like more of a cash play, to be honest. I think Adams is going to, you know, pretty much cap his upside. So um, there's also some other center eligible players that I'd rather look at than, than Valanchunas here. Um, who else did you mention there? Oh, uh, Dylan Brooks. Uh, Dylan Brooks. So Dylan kills me. I, I'd struggle to play him, but he's definitely shooting well. Um, what's his salary? Uh, Dylan Brooks, is, he's uh, what is he, fifty four hundred on DK yeah, right now. It's worth a shot, man. He, he's putting in buckets at the moment. He's he's never been shy at shooting. Matchups, you know, okay, maybe uh, I've probably got better value elsewhere. Um, what about Brandon Clark himself here? You, you know, forty nine hundred. Uh, he's going to get a full allotment of minutes with Triple J out. What do you think of a play here against a, a pretty good defensive team in the Thunder, though? Yeah, so I'm I'm not entirely convinced that he gets a full complement of minutes. Okay. Um, he played 27 in the last one against Utah, and it was a situation where he was shocked. Uh, me, I think me and Santino did a pod together, and I was a little worried about that exact shock spot just because we know that they run Joe Ingles at the four, and they can get away with playing Kyle Anderson on him. Um, you know, they can do the same thing in this sort of game with Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari is bigger than Joe Ingles. He's, I think he's 6'10", 6'11", uh, but he's, you know, plays the same type of game, outside kind of game, uh, can get his shot up, you know, plays off a of dribble pretty often too. So I'm, I'm not exactly convinced that he's going to go out there and play 30-plus minutes like we're hoping. Um, you know, Brandon Clark's an excellent player. He's still a great price tag at 49, but he didn't really get to see that boost because he had a little bit of a rough game. Uh, so there's still plenty of upside there, and even in 25 or 26 minutes, he can get hits. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I'm not going to go overboard. I think he was extreme chalk. He was like 60, almost 70 percent owned in some of the lineups I was playing, uh, or some of the contests I was playing. And you know, the day that we found out Jaron Jackson Jr. got hurt, I would I would probably, if that's the case, I'd probably have him in maybe 20, 25 yeah. percent of my lineups. I think I'm going to definitely have some shares, but I'm not going to go overboard. And that's the question I had here: is he, is he, you know, you know, the uh, uh, the ownership is going to be right up there. Is he, is he a must own to keep up with the pack? Probably not against the Thunder, so he's probably more of a fade. 
Yeah, and uh, and some people, you know, I play multiple lineups generally in GPPs where some I'm maxing out the twenty entry max, and if I'm playing twenty lineups, I'll probably I probably will have them in about five, maybe even six. Yeah. Uh, that still gives me fourteen other ones to play with, so that's kind of the way I'm looking at him. I don't think he's if you're playing maybe one or two, maybe even three, you could fade him. It it warrants it. Uh, if you're playing mass entries, you know, even if you're doing the 150s, there's no way I think you can go complete fade on them. Maybe you want to go onto the field, which is perfectly okay. And if that's the case, uh, you know, the pivot, like I said last time, might be a guy like Kyle Anderson. He's probably the guy that would end up playing the four. Um, but there's also other guys that we'll get to later in the game. You don't necessarily need to pivot on the same team. You could pivot at a similar price tag or the same position as well. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Next game, or do you have anything else over here on Memphis? <laughs> I do have one. I'm just going to drop a a, a a a drop in the bucket. Anthony Tolliver may get some more run. Doesn't mind a three three thousand dollars basement price. Eh, GPP dart. Throw it with a blindfold on and see what happens. Ooh, I like it. I, I've won some Tolliver money once in my day. Uh, I think when it was on once. like a, I believe it was on Portland years yeah. ago. Uh, when I, when he actually ca- helped me cash in a little bit. Uh, but I we didn't the, even know he was still on a team, to be honest, until about 72 hours ago. I'm like, all right. Well, Tolliver he played playing out there. He played, I think it was for Minnesota, was the season? If I'm not mistaken, I think he yeah, was spending some time on right. Minnesota. Uh, he's always followed around, man. He's like a, he's like the new Udonis Haslam. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll be hanging around for a little while. But we have the next game. It's a little bit juicier now. It's the Sacramento Kings uh, going against... The Brooklyn Nets, there's been no spread um, or game total released yet for this game. Sacramento is on the second half of the back. And, uh, yeah, as far as Sacramento injuries, nothing really to talk about outside of Marvin Bagley, which we already know. And then for Brooklyn, we don't know what they are exactly going to do. Right now they're listing a bunch of people as questionable, and it's with actual injuries. So, uh, you know, Jared Allen's being listed as questionable. With a left ankle sprain, Joe Harris is being listed as questionable with the bruised left groin. Um, and then we have Jamal Crawford still dealing with that hamstring injury. I, I don't imagine he comes back. Um, generally not, a, not an easy injury to come back and play fully, uh, especially you're a shooter. He, he elevates on his jump shots as well. Uh, so we'll start with Sacramento, man. I mean, this team played great. They dropped you know a bucket of points on Dallas today. Uh, do you have any interest in these guys in the back-to-back? Yeah, for sure. Uh I think um, anyone's a chance to go nuts against the Nets. Um, I've got a couple of targets here, and the one off the top is is fairly obvious, but I'll, I'll throw it out there anyway. It's Darren Fox, seventy six hundred on DK. I think his minutes are a little bit hard to get uh, to get a handle on at the moment. He played team high thirty seven against the Spurs, and then only twenty five against the Magic, and then went back to thirty eight minutes against the Mavs on Tuesday. Um, tough one. I, I didn't see him play today if he's already played so uh, I'm not sure what he's done there but um, you know he's up and down with the, with the fantasy points at the moment um, but I, I, honestly I think the Kings just let him loose here against the Nets and and if he's going to get the high minutes which he which he has been getting more of uh, then then I want some De'Aaron here for sure. Uh, he played he played great today. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah he, had a, he had a great game. I mean Dallas was just bleeding points, uh, you know. So was so was Brooklyn, or so was uh, Sacramento, um, but it, you know they just they just couldn't stop anybody on this team. Darren Fox was actually playing really good defensively early on, uh, you know. As he as the game went on, he kind of wore down, got a little bit more tired, and that's the only thing that worries me on the back to back is that uh, you kind of saw him, you know, lower his gears towards the end of the game a little bit. But he's okay. still a great price tag. Seventy six hundred is 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 uh is right where he should be. It's a fantastic matchup. It's an up pace matchup. You know he's going against little to no defense. So I'm not going to sit here and say I don't like him. I still think he's a fantastic play. Um, I guess the next couple of guys that we have, you know, probably I think next man's up would be Bogdanovich and Rashawn Holmes. Uh, you playing either one of them? You you nailed the two that I was looking at as well. You know I've got. Got um, Bielita listed down here as a cash play. That's just but really based on the price tag and, and the fact that he has a decent floor, even though he's not playing that well. But, uh, yeah, Rashawn Holmes, um, really good pivot away from, from Bielita, uh, uh and and definitely more of a GPP play. So uh, I think uh, he's going to play high minutes here against Allen. The, you know, if Allen plays, they're, they're both athletic guys. And, yeah, I'll just target the net 
Nets front court defense whenever I can. Um, so for me, between those two, it's, it's Bealicia and Cats and, and Holmes in GPP. What do you think? Oh, give me some Holmes. Uh, we saw him play 32 minutes tonight. Uh, so yeah, right. That, See, I haven't seen this one, so that's info I don't have. That's, played, uh, that's good to know. He's going to play 30-plus minutes. I am good to go with him. Yeah, uh, that's the only thing that's been holding me back. You know, he's literally the best player on their team, probably. Uh, maybe De'Aaron Fox, arguably, but it, it's it's pretty close. Uh, Rashawn Holmes really stepped up this season early on, and until he got hurt, he was, he was dominating. So... Uh, give this guy 30-plus minutes. We already know Brooklyn is one of the worst teams against opposing centers. Um, I think he's in a smash spot. And I think he's going to, after after the minutes that we've seen, uh, I think he's not going to be necessarily chalky, but you know people are going to be hip to it. It's not like it's a secret. So the min- the minutes coming back, that's great. What what was the production like in this game that I've, that I've unfortunately not been able to catch? No, and production i can't remember off the top of my head give me just one second i was actually right, man, I put you on the spot there no no hey listen uh you know i i should be a veteran in the game at this point and have that pulled <laughs> up if i'm gonna be talking about rashawn holmes Dude, uh, we've done this is what our, our our fourth pod i think maybe our third i thought you were doing this all off the top of your head mike i thought you had every nba stat just listed in that brain of yours are you looking things up What's going uh on? Un- unfortunately i have to once in a blue moon uh <laughs> it's i'm like it's like a curse and a blessing all at the same time where i just continuously uh non-stop think about stats and what's going on and fantasy and dfs uh when i'm working when i'm home when i'm out to dinner no matter what it, it's always <laughs> on my mind so uh generally i have a lot of these burned in and you know it, it could it could be you know it's benefited me over the years but honestly I, i'd have to say it probably cost me more more harm than good in uh, in the in the relationship category, but, <laughs> and maybe uh, the mental health category as well. And all that stalling, I finally got it up. He didn't play well with the minutes. Um, okay. It was uh, eight points, two of six shooting, yeah. five rebounds, only two steals. He was plus nineteen though, uh, and a plus minus. So I don't. I'm still not worried about it. All I care about is are those minutes. And if he's going to play thirty two minutes, I'm not worried about this bad game. Hope other people look at it and say, don't play it. I'm okay yeah. with that. This is a fantastic matchup. Right, lock yeah, and load. Lock and load. I, I agree. All right, man. Um, we still have some. We have a lot to get to. Uh, we're not even done with this game. Kent Bazemore, uh, Harrison Barnes. <laughs> those guys plays for you. Or just keep it moving. Uh, Barnes, no. Uh, I knew you'd bring Bazemore up. I think he's come up on every pod we've done so far. Oh, that was a good price for him, man, for you. And I knew you'd be, what did we say, sprinkling some Bays on there. Uh, um, Bogdanovich to. is the other guy, man. He's uh, 5,100. Uh, that's the same price as Buddy Hield, and I'll take Bogdan every day of the week. Uh, and against this Nets team, uh, yeah, uh, I think you should light him up. And you're saying that without even knowing what happened in today's game. Which is incredible because he well, uh, he actually he actually dropped thirty five points today. Oh, <laughs> so thirty five points, four rebounds, three assists. He had a phenomenal game. Shot thirteen to twenty, six of nine from three. Uh, he he was there, it was a standalone showdown slate with him in it. Um, but if you didn't have him, you basically could just kiss a goodbye. Out. Yeah, Darren Fox dropped thirty points and ten assists himself. So they oh. they basically uh, they led the Kings. So they're both coming off big games on this back to back. Was their earlier game, so it does give them a little bit more time, I guess, an extra three or four hours of rest than they normally would have on a back to back. But um, yeah, I'm okay. Fire both those guys up if you want. I have no problem with them. I really like uh, me some Rashawn Holmes as well. This is just a fantastic matchup. Those three guys are my primary options. And then you said uh, Belitsa in in cash. I would actually probably say more GPP at this point. He's just too up and down. He used to be consistent, uh, but a lot of his consistency was without Rashawn Holmes in the lineup. Uh, I think that's affecting him a little bit too much. And he just hasn't been shooting well. He's been overall trash. When they're thinking about starting Corey Joseph over you and they do do it, it's, oh. it's, not, it's not saying much about your credibility and how you've been playing. So, Yeah, we'll keep- maybe. Brooklyn Nets, brother. Yep. We talked about the injuries. Uh, Jared Allen's questionable, but we know Karis LeVert's there. He's actually getting ticked down a little bit as far as price tag. 7100 is uh, quite appealing to me. I think he's going to be some pretty pretty big chalk tonight, but what do you think? Yeah, he's going to be chalky for sure, but you know, you're you're all over it. The salary's just too good. It's it's hard to ignore 7100 in a in a pretty fast high-scoring game against 
the the king. So uh, I think the price is just fine. Uh, there's some lower price guys around him on the board that you could look at if you wanted to pivot away. Um, I'm thinking about guys that are coming up in in this pod like Terence Ross and Troy Brown Jr. But those guys just don't have the same upside. I think um, yeah, I'm all over Karras in this one. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's basically pretty simple with this. When the game's close, Karras Silver plays you know, 35 plus minutes and he goes for 40 plus DK points. Uh, if it's a blowout, he doesn't play more than 30 and you're looking at about 30 DK points. It's just the way it, it works. He got blown out by Boston. They got blown out by Orlando, kept it close to Washington. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it was a great game. So uh, I'm, I'm all over Karis Levert. Uh, the price dip, it's, I, I think that's just way too cheap for him. I think the matchup's great. I love targeting shooting guards. Going against the Kings, I mention that all the time. So yeah, um, I'll be all over him, especially if a guy like Joe Harris is out. And you know they have other guys that can play, but if Garrett Temple, Chioza, Cabro, these guys are not going to shoot as much with Levert in the lineup. It's different than when they have Joe Harris and you know these other the other guys that they're used to starting with. They, he has a little bit more respect for those guys, where I'm sure he'll pass it a little bit more. I can just see him going full Kobe mode in this one uh, <laughs> and taking you know 25 to 26 shots. So I'm all over him. Um, Jared Allen, if he does play, any interest at 6,300? Yeah, if he plays, that's that's fine for me. That's a great price tag. Um, you know, he, he, he's basically, what, second scoring option, maybe third scoring option on this team. He's, he, he gets a stack of boards. Kings do okay defending centers. Generally, I, I think you should still roll with, with Jared Allen. He, he's just got upside any given night. And... Um, there's not much around the board at this price uh, in the center position um, other than maybe Derek Favors, so, uh, who I've got listed here for later. But, uh, yeah, no, Jarrett's always in play at this price. And, honestly, if he misses, then then the uh, the, the guy to fire, probably fire up there is Roddy on Kuroks. Uh, Kuroks, he's, he's really cheap if uh, Jarrett Allen can't get up for this one. He's only 3900 Absolutely. I played him in the last time he drew the start, and he started off hot and fizzled out pretty quickly, even though the Nets won that game uh, against Milwaukee. But I'm with you, Kirk. If we see Jared Allen's out, 3900 is a great price tag for him. I'm all over Karras Overt. And I think the only other guy I'm really looking at uh, would be Joe Harris if he's starting. I'm not playing Tyler Johnson if Karras Overt's in there. No. Um, not doing that, not paying 5600 for him. But Joe Harris, if he does play 5300 same thing. He'd be, you know, he plays small forward, but he's a shooting guard. Uh, give me the outside threats going against Sacramento all day long. Love those guys. Uh, we just even saw, I think it was today on Dallas, a few of their uh, bench options, you know, shot shot fairly well. Um, even with that, uh, you know, knowing, uh, who was it now? Oh, I'm sorry, I keep saying Dallas, Pelicans. My fault. Bench option shot well against them. Josh Hart and J.J. Redick. Uh, both of the two guards off the bench, both played well, both shot well, six of 11, four of five. So, uh, and then you look at the starting lineup, Drew Holiday shot seven of 10. So shooting guards, whether they're off the bench or in the starting lineup, I always feel confident in going against the Kings. Yeah, cool. Noted. Written down and noted. I kept saying Dallas, even though they literally had the game on maybe 45 minutes ago going against the Clippers. <laughs> Just maybe that, that Dallas obsession. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Orlando versus Philly. I'm out of it, man. Uh, Orlando versus Philly. No game total or spread has been released just yet. Obviously, we have some injuries to go through, if that's the reason that is. And right now, we know that Aaron Gordon's dealing with a strained left handstring. Um, it's it's tough. He's being listed as doubtful. I would just basically consider him out during the playoffs. I don't think they're going to push him at this point. And then we know Michael Carter-Williams was uh, dealing with a foot injury in the last one, foot, uh, foot soreness. He's listed as questionable. He's another guy. He's generally one of the first players off the bench. I wouldn't be surprised if he sits as well. Um, they, they need to get these guys right, and they're not going to take any chances at this point. So, uh, And then we got to slide over to Philly and Ben Simmons. Uh, he's already ruled out. There's no exact timetable to return. He actually dislocated his kneecap. Uh, you know, it doesn't sound so bad, I guess. It, to me, it sounds bad, I guess, regardless. But uh, you always have to worry about They have to reevaluate him and determine a timetable. Because anytime you dislocate your kneecap, there's a significant risk of damaging tendons and ligaments around it. Uh, and that's the thing that you have to worry about. It's not necessarily the dislocation of the kneecap. It's what damage did dislocating it do to the ligaments and everything around your knee. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, there's going to be some things to consider with him out. Mike Scott is also uh, being considered questionable with his knee injury. 
And then Glenn Robinson Jr., I don't believe he played in the last game either, and he is being listed as doubtful with his hip soreness. So we'll start with the uh, the elephant in the room, Philadelphia. Ben Simmons being out. What are you expecting from this team? Uh, I'll just get down to Philly here. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm struggling to find much, even with Simmons out. Um, I think the obvious replacement play there is just Al Horford. He, he probably just comes into the five and, and you can probably play him at 6,600. I just worry about this matchup. But, um, you know, we know Aaron Gordon's probably going to be out, but Orlando just are generally a pace down team. They're a decent defensive unit. Aaron Gordon coming out of that uh, uh, four spot maybe hurts them a little bit, but I, I, I don't know, Mike. I got not much other than Horford here and, and you know, the, the, the only other guy I've really thrown into the mix is, is just a GPP shot at Furkan Korkmaz at 3,400. Um, starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel when you're looking down there. Um, and Embiid, no, I'm not paying 10-5 for him against Vooch. So uh, what what do you have on this Philly team? I'm, I just can't find much. Well, it's it's. I mean, Embiid's usage is it's out of the world, out of this world with uh, Ben Simmons off the floor. It goes up 4.5 percent from what it normally is at, and he sees an extra point one five DK points per minute, and goes up to one point six eight DK points per minute. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I can't ignore that. Uh, it is a tough matchup, though. This is not necessarily the matchup against Vucevic, but it's the matchup against Orlando where the pace gets slowed down. Uh, a lot right. of things come with it, and it, it, we never see those high-scoring games necessarily involving the Magic. They're almost like a baby Utah uh, that flies under the radar. I think a lot of people know about it at this point, um, but it's something I'm very cognizant of. And you know, I, I'm not going to cross him out. I really think he's in a fantastic you know situation because the spots is not fantastic as well. If it was both of them, he'd be a lock. So I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards him immediately. I, I think a lot of people will go towards Harris as well. Um, but I would say the two, the only two guys I'm really interested in, and you know, I, I wouldn't even be shocked if we don't see Al Horford start. I think they just like taking him off the bench. I don't think the the point of him is just spacing him and beat out. It's not necessarily like you know they wanted to play Simmons at the four, and that's why they benched Horford, uh, because before the break they benched Horford, and Simmons was technically still playing like the one a lot of the times. So I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he still comes off the bench if he does start. You can look at him. Probably not going to have a ton of interest. But Shake Milton's the other guy I'm looking at. Um, now that knowing Ben Simmons is not going to be handling the ball, bringing the ball up to court, and you know while he was playing power forward, he was still playing point guard. So it took the ball out of Shake's hands a lot. And I, I have a ton of interest in him. The price tag is not fantastic. He's very fair priced. I think it's fifty eight hundred. But you know he has that forty point upside. We've seen it a few times earlier in the year. Maybe not the best matchup again, but fifty eight hundred. He's definitely in play. He's probably my top play on the Sixers. Yeah, cool. That's not a bad call, actually. Um, yeah, he, he definitely handles the ball more uh, with uh, with Simmons out, as you mentioned. Price tags mm, a bit meh for me. I, I, I don't know, and it's just this matchup again, Mike. I'm just not keen on guys going up against Orlando, so um, I, I'm just going to pass. I can't blame you. It's a it's a tough matchup, and it's one I generally don't gravitate towards, and that's the only reason why I'm not lock button lock button Embiid. I mean, if Embiid was going against any other team on this slate, I would play him. You know, we're talking without Memphis, Simmons. Sacramento, Brooklyn, uh, Washington. Yeah, absolutely. Without Simmons, New Orleans. If he was going against any other team, uh, he'd be a lock. Not even close. I, I wouldn't care. He could be 11K. I'd pay. He's 10-5. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of guys that we necessarily need to spend up on, and I think a lot of people might go that fair and balanced approach. Um, so let's see see how your lineup builds. I don't I don't mind him all that bad. I think the you know worst case scenario he's still going to put up forty forty five, uh, but if he gets that forty forty five and he's chalk, it's a big difference. Um, and we could pivot from that and get another center, maybe two three k less. Uh, that could get a very similar game total. That's exactly what I'm thinking here. Is there's some centers on the board and we're coming up on one pretty soon. Um, that that you know, for a couple of thousand dollars less uh, salary, uh, potentially have some really good upside as well. So uh, just steering clear. Uh, I don't think you need to pay up for Embiid on this slate. I think there's a, a, a lot of value where you can you can look at higher priced guys, but not the top guys on the slate or the top salary guys on the slate and still get a winning lineup. Absolutely, brother. I'm with you on that. I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see how the lineup shake out. 
But we'll keep it moving. Next game, Washington Wizards. I have a feeling the center's in this game. Washington Wizards going again. <laughs> it can't be the next one. They're all trash in the next one. Wizards going against the Pelicans. Uh, there's no game total yet. There is no spread yet released. As far as Washington, no major injuries. Nothing we necessarily need to be concerned with or changing since we started in the bubble. And then for New Orleans, there's uh, there's no real injuries either. But I think uh, we're seeing the questionable tag. We just don't know what's going to go on with Zion. Uh, no one's back to back, so that's the real issue there, and it's it's not necessarily showing yet. So we'll have to monitor that news. I wouldn't be shocked if he sits. Uh, he's definitely going to be limited. He's probably not somebody as great of a matchup as this is. I'm worried about him on the back to back. So I guess we could just start with the Pelicans. I'm, I'm already talking about Zion enough. Uh, you worried about him at this price tag in this matchup? No one gets a back to back. I haven't played him at all once since the bubble restarted, and and that's just a minutes thing. Did sorry now just just to catch up here. The Pels played the Kings today. This is the game that I've missed where Bogdan and and De'Aaron both went crazy. Yes. So, Pels lost. Are they basically done for the playoff race? It was one twenty five to one forty. It's not looking good for them. Oh dear. Okay. Uh, but the Grizz- the Grizzlies have been choking hard. Uh, Blazers have been playing well, and they're kind of creeping up. And they're the one. They're the one team that looks like they're going to get in there as well. So, so still a couple we still games get left. Another, yeah, that's it. We probably still get another uh, another game of the Pels playing hard, just just in case the other games go their way and they're still in with a shot. Is, does that sound about right? Uh, that's about right. Yeah. Cool. Now. I mean, if Zion sits, obviously we know the major players. He was out for some time, but uh, you know, we'll talk between you know Ingram, Drew Holiday, Lonzo. Uh, any of those guys on your radar? Uh, two out of the three are Drew. Drew's probably priced a little bit high. Um, you know, against the Wizards, yep, anything can happen. But ninety three hundred for Drew Holiday. I think there's just better value elsewhere. We've already talked about Chris Paul. We've talked about De'Aaron Fox, and um, these guys come in significantly cheaper with pretty much the same kind of upside as Drew. So I'm leaving him out here. Uh, Brandon, that's the highest price on uh, for power forward on this slate in DK. Uh, I still think it's a pretty fair price, though, against uh, the Wizards. He's got big upside here. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of banking here on on the Pels still playing hard, I guess. Uh, uh, if they're still, you know, angling at, at trying to make playoffs or, or you know, putting that players out there in decent starting minutes then i think brandon's got probably the most upside here out of the three guys that we're talking about um if he gets his majority of minutes here at power forward he's, he's likely to just eat really alive um i think he, he he's got some real upside for a for a decent game here um uh and but really for uh, we're looking at pricing and 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 that type of thing plus matchup lonzo ball 7400 against the wizards uh backcourt just locked that in for me. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I was expecting a big game from him today. He, he didn't have a bad one. He just didn't do much in the scoring column. Almost double-doubled. He put up, you know, nine points on four or seven shooting, 11 assists, uh, a steal, a block, two rebounds. But, yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, at 31 minutes, he was second on the team in minutes. He, he's going – he's an absolute, you know, monster this season when it comes to just the peripheral stats and – let him push the pace, and he's going to dominate the game. It's that simple. He, he's very effective. The core vision on this kid's unbelievable. I like him better when Zion's playing. Uh, but this isn't a matchup where it's going to be a difference maker necessarily for me. He, he'll probably score more. I almost like him better in this matchup without Zion. It's the matchups where there can be closer games where we're necessarily worried about the other team, uh, where we want to be able to see him be able to distribute, get those you know three or four assists from a Zion alley-oop once in a while. But... Uh, I'm with you. I think, you know, Drew, way too expensive. I think Alonzo Ingram, my top options. I don't need to uh, necessarily play a guy like J.J. Redick in this matchup. Still a fair price tag. Probably prefer Josh Hart over him in this type of matchup. Um, but that's it for me. I, I don't I don't need to play favors. We talked about a couple cheaper centers that we're already interested in, and that's, that's it. I think those three guys are the only guys I'm going to keep on my radar. Yeah, I don't mind looking at favors in a matchup like this. The Wizards just basically sucks, you know, dating the five. So, you know, favors could do anything. He's been off the boil, though, um, since the bubble restarted, 5,200. Eh, it's an eh price tag for me, Mike. I, I think, you know, uh, like like we said, we focus in here on Ball and Ingram and, and just let them go to work. Uh, favors or Rashawn Holmes? Almost a similar price tag. 
Holmes. Yeah, me too. That's, that's, that's kind of where it is for me. That's why I'm not playing favors. Yeah, good call, uh, man. But I see it. If you want to do the pivot, um, they're both in fantastic matchups, both in great spots. I mean, going against Washington is pretty much similar to going against Brooklyn. Uh, so I, I get why you want to make the pivot if you do. But he, I just haven't seen anything from the bubble yet where it entices me. Washington Wizards. Uh, Thomas Bryant's getting the price tag and the price boost he deserves. After three straight dominant performances, uh, he's put up at least 43 DK points in the last three games with a high of almost 60 in that one game uh, where he dropped uh, a, a whopping 30 points, 13 rebounds. So, you know, he steps into another pretty solid matchup right here. Um, 7,200, it's a little expensive. And we talked about several other centers, but um, I have a, ma- you know, some, something's telling me you have, a, you have some interest in Thomas Bryant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Number one guy on the Wizards team for me here, 7,200. I think against the Pels center defense, that's absolutely fine as well. He's got a ton of upside. And, you know, we were talking about Embiid before, and I I was mentioning that there are guys at at the center position who have a ton of upside on this slate at a much cheaper price. Bryant was the one I was thinking about. So I'm all about Thomas Bryant here. I think he smashes the Pels. Um, And, yeah, I just like the value here rather than paying up for, you know, and beat against the Magic or Valanchunas against, you know, OKC. It's 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 Thomas and a couple of other guys dotted around here. Are, are you going to be playing Thomas Bryant here? I think I'm definitely going to have some shares as my mid-tier center play. I'm with you. I like it more than Valanchunas. Um, and that's the way I'm looking at this slate right now. I have three centers on my radar, and it's Rashawn Holmes. Uh, it's Thomas Bryant. It's Joel Embiid, depending on how I build my lineups and how I want to distribute that is who's going to be my center. I like all three of these guys. I think they're the, my three top options and the guys I'm mostly looking at. I think they're all GPP and cash game viable as well. So um, for whatever that's worth, you know, the, another guy, I'm, I know you probably were going to get to him. So I'm just going to be rude and cut you off. And I do apologize. That's good. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. Uh, he's supposed to be going to be playing more point guard than he is shooting guard. Now they're uh, talking about bringing him up the ball. Um, basically doing a lot of that facilitating and we've kind of been seeing it uh over the past few games he's been doing that such a thing i mean he's, he's got about 20 assists over the past three games a uh, couple of rebounds to chip in there as well 25 rebounds over the past three games and the lowest dk score he has is about 30 30 dk points and he's 5500 plus uh plus matchup uh, high pace i got some interest in troy brown jr Tick, tick, tick. He's the next guy on my list. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's, he's got to, if he's, you know, bringing the ball up, as you mentioned, he's got to deal with some decent defense in, in, in Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday. But 5,500, what did you say? The lowest DK points in the last three of 30. Well, that's value straight away. This is a fast game. Um, you know, I think he's uh, absolutely in play and, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be using him um, quite a bit. Yeah, and I, I, I'm probably going to – I don't mind Hachimura. Uh, I think, you know, his salary started to dip. When it was up in that 7K range, we couldn't touch it. 5,900, I like this matchup for him. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be great for Ingram. I think it's going to be just as equally as good for Hachimura, though. Um, so both those guys, very much a play. All three of those guys are, are the only ones I'm looking at. Um, Napier is going to have a big game, one of these games. I, I'm, I'm tired of, you know, wasting my money on guessing. Uh, when that is going to be. But one of these games, he's going to end up playing solid. I mean, he could still play alongside. Like, if they're going to start Troy Brown Jr., it makes more sense to play a guy like, you know, uh, Napier alongside of him as opposed to Ish Smith. So I wouldn't be shocked if we end up seeing that starting lineup eventually, maybe the last game or two of the bubble. I know Brooks said that he wanted to use these last few games for Troy Brown to facilitate and play point. And uh, Ish Smith is not a better two guard. He is not a better off ball player. He's an on ball player. Napier could play off ball. He could play shooting guard. So don't be shocked if that ends up happening. And one of these times that shot's going to fall for him. He's going to have a big game. Don't know when it's going to be. Might be this matchup if he starts, but uh, it's going to take him being inserted into the starting lineup for me to have any more faith in him. Yeah, and that's the problem there. Unfortunately, it's it's Ish Smith getting a stack of minutes over the top, which I think you know we probably thought was going to happen the other way around. Um, you mentioned Rui, fifty nine hundred is a decent price against the Pels for sure. And uh, yeah, if you want to pivot away from some of the uh, other guys like you know Brandon Clark or, or you know other guys around this this power forward point, then I think Rui against the Pels is a pretty good spot. Absolutely, man. And that's the thing. It's like the pivot plays and the options that we have off of the, you know, the quote unquote chalk plays 
are in equally great spots. So uh, it's one of those situations where don't be afraid to pivot once in a while. Not, not telling you to go out there and do it necessarily and be careful. Not in your cash games. You know, Do what you want in your cash games. Uh, but this is one of the scenarios where I'm more inclined to pivot, I think, um, off of some of the you know general chalk players. I already gave my, my sentiments on Brandon Clark. As much as I do love him as a player, uh, it's another, I think, matchup that might cause him some problems in the, in the minutes category. So final game of the night and... You know, luckily we do have a spread in the total. It's not the highest one on the slate by any means. In fact, it is most likely the lowest one. We have to wait on a couple other ones, but uh, maybe Philly or Orlando is actually probably it could be lower. But two eighteen and a half, Boston versus Toronto, minus three going to Toronto. So we have the Celtics. Uh, Kemba Walker rested in the last game. It was back to back for him, so I expect him back. Probably should still have his minutes limited, and that's really the only injury we need to worry about for the Celtics. Uh, as far as Toronto is concerned, uh, no one's hurt. We just have the regular guys to talk about, man. No injuries, but we have. Uh, I think we have some juice in the final game. I mean, this is probably potentially it could be a, a matchup that we see uh, during the Eastern Conference um, in the playoffs. But Celtics, Jason Tatum under AK, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown—they're always floating around that high six, nine, seven range. Uh, and Marcus Smart, I mean, these guys really, their price tags haven't really fluctuated all throughout the bubble, but are you playing any of them against Toronto's defense? Uh, not really. Probably, if anyone, I'm playing Jason Tatum. 7,900 is always good for, for Jason Tatum. Um, you know, I, I got to watch a, a couple of the last Raptors games, and, man, these guys are so good on defensive, uh, on the defensive end as a unit. They just... They just move everywhere. They they cover all the spots. It's 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 tough to get shots off against this team. They're really well drilled. Um, and and I've got I've got some concerns against the Celtics coming up against this um, this defensive lineup. I mean, uh, yep, any of them can go off on their night. I'm just worried about the matchup. Um, I think anyone I'm taking out of this this lot uh, in this matchup, it's Tatum, but that's about it. Uh, just just to want to add something in here, we've pretty much got these two teams locked into their standings. Um, so just be aware and, and um, agile with what may go on before this game actually drops. We haven't heard anything yet as far as I know, but the Celtics aren't going to really move from third. The Raptors won't move from two, so there could be some rest coming here. Uh, it's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I mean, as far as Boston's concerned, it's not an easy cakewalk matchup or anything. I mean, every single player is going to have a tough, difficult matchup. We're going to see Tatum with Siakam on him, most likely. Um, we're going to see OG guarding either Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward. So, you know, those two guys are going to have pretty tough matchups. Campbell Walker, we're not we're not playing him at 6K wise on a minute's limit. Uh, and then Marcus Smart, 6,500, is, is not the easiest price to pay when Campbell Walker is actually playing a couple minutes. Uh, Daniel Tice, you know, going against the combination of Gasol and Baca. I really don't have any interest in any of these Celtics guys. I, I don't see myself ending up with any single one of them, to be honest. But, yeah, you know, pretty much the same for me, Mike. All right. We have one team left. Before we just jump into the final team, though, um, I should have did it earlier, but I wanted to keep you guys in suspense because I need to give a quick shout out to my bookie. Uh, you guys already know that we are major affiliates with my bookie. We love them. Uh, when we got these guys on board, we were ecstatic because I would say 80% of the staff over here who ball is already using them. Uh, this is the number one betting site, guys. If you haven't already checked them out, go to my bookie. Use the promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Get 100% match on your deposit. Uh, and just enjoy it, man. We got baseball. We got basketball. We got football right around the corner. Uh, we have everything that is readily available, whether it's a parlay, whether it's just you want to get a little bit of action. It could be a $5 wager. It could be a 10 could be a 1000 uh, Whatever your type of playing is, it's a little bit sweeter when you have a little bit of action in it. And use that action over there at MyBookie. So go visit MyBookie, and you will could take us later. Promo code HOOPBALL. The last team, Toronto Raptors. Uh, we just talked about how it's not, you know, the Celtics are going to have a difficult matchup. Um, their defense is, you know, Pretty stout as well. Uh, they do have some weaknesses, but you know, if you're looking to target those weaknesses over here on the Toronto side, where are you looking to do it? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of not looking to do it too much. I think there's a couple of guys who are in in play here. Um, it 
really just comes down to the fact that there are potentially other plays on the board in their positions that are better value. So I'm talking about Cole Lowry. Um, Kemba's minutes have been going up. You said he just come off a rest. So, uh, you know, there's a potential that he plays even more here. And I actually like Lowry versus Kemba more than I like him versus Smart. Smart's just a, a, a little dog and, and won't leave Lowry alone. So, 8,900's pretty high, but um, Lowry can get to, you know, around that 45 DK points uh, any given night. And so he's in play for me. Just keep in mind, Chris Paul, cheaper at uh, $800 cheaper. That's the better play for me there. So it's really just that matchup thing where I'm not really leaning hard on on any Raptors guys here. The, other, the only other one is is the other guard, Freddie versus uh, Jalen Brown. That's a that's a lot cheaper for Freddie, seventy seven hundred versus eighty nine hundred for Lowry. It's an okay matchup against the Celtics. I still don't really like it though, Mike. Like Karis LeVert is six hundred dollars cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. Freddie may just be a decent pivot if you wanted to, you know, get Karis off of some of your lineups. I guess. Yeah, he's been balling out. I think a lot of people, if you're box score chasing, they're going to see that and they're going to gravitate towards it. It's not an easy matchup for him, and that's. If you're looking at a spot that the Celtics are great on defense, it's their perimeter defense. It's their, you know, one through three. They can guard those guys excellently. And Jason Tatum's not a bad defender, uh, but I'm actually looking to attack him. Uh, Pascal Siakam, he's the guy, he's the number one target mm-hmm. I have on Toronto. I think this mm-hmm. is a fantastic matchup for him. Uh, he's 500 cheaper than Lowry. I think Lowry's in a great spot as well, don't get me wrong, but the $500 discount, uh, we talked about some of the power forwards. Most of them are a little cheaper. It might be a good option to look at the high-priced one, separate yourself while some people go for the cheaper one, uh, especially in your GPPs. And I just I just see him absolutely dominating Tatum. I don't think Tatum's going to be able to stick with him. Uh, he played well. These teams played earlier in the season. He dropped 46 DK points in 35 minutes. So, uh, you know, in that game, he shot 11 for 22, dropped 33 real-life points, eight rebounds. And he didn't have any defensive stats in that, but, you know, those those happen on occasion. He'll eventually have those. Uh, so I'm I'm all over him. I don't have any issues looking at him. If you wanted to play a guy like Kyle Lowry or Van Vliet, uh, I'd probably take Van Vliet for the $1,000 difference just with how well he's been playing. So, I mean, Lowry's been playing well too, but uh, Van Vliet's in a rhythm right now. And, you know, knowing that he is just that little bit of a discount, that's enough for me. And that's probably it, man. I'm not going to be going towards Serge Ibaka his price tag. I can't play Marcus Saul until actual playoff start, and he, he sees 30 minutes or so. Um, and then, you know, Norman Powell coming off the bench isn't doing it for me either. Not not in this matchup. I, I like Norm Powell a lot, and I've, I've brought him up a number of times on these pods with you, but not in this one. Yes, Siakam's a good play. He was the next note down here. He's, he's just does everything, does a bit of everything. He's he's so athletic, uh, you know, and and doesn't mind a three. He, he's definitely in play here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, you want to go out of the way and try to find some of these guys that aren't necessarily going to be like the chalk value plays. Uh, but it's really tough on us like this because all the chalk value plays are, are great value plays. Uh, you're going to have, you know, the Brandon Clark and maybe a Kyle Anderson in that first game. Uh, in the Brooklyn game, you're going to have, you know, a couple of those guys that you can look to. Same thing with Sac- uh, Sacramento or Sean Holmes. Uh, Orlando, um, you know, we we necessarily didn't even talk about them. I actually feel like we almost skipped over them. Um, did we? <laughs> I can't remember. I, I feel too like many we notes did. in front of me. All right, so we'll touch on Orlando real fast, guys. I apologize. Uh, wow. Right. Okay. We, we I think we did that. because um, I absolutely love Nikola Vucevic, actually, in this matchup, and I didn't even get to mention it. I think he's going to be one of my under-the-radar centers, and uh, I could actually see him playing over a guy like Thomas Bryant. He's played good against Philly for the past probably ever since he's been traded against them. Generally, you know, he plays much better, and he's mentioned he likes going to Philly and playing there. Obviously, this game's in the bubble. It's in Orlando and everything. I think it's a great price tag. Uh, without Aaron Gordon, without Jonathan Isaac, rebounds will be a plenty for him. Uh, I have no issues with with playing Vucevic at seventy eight hundred. Yeah, cool. I'm going to throw Terrence Ross in the mix there. Um, sounds like Aaron Gordon isn't going to play. Um, I hate the potential starters that they may bring in to cover for Gordon. I don't want to look at any of those guys. I'm rather I'm looking for a bit of a boost here in usage, and and um, that's Terrence Ross. So five five thousand dollars on DK. Uh, I'm pretty pretty sure he won't start. Uh, I don't think they start start him. They like him coming off the bench too much, um, but you know that means he he pretty much avoids all of the 76ers uh, defensive main unit and uh, 
Orlando going to need someone to score, Mike. If Aaron Gordon's not there, if, if Isaac isn't there, I, I don't really trust Fournier or Augustine, you know, on any given night. Terrence Ross is the guy for me. He's got to put shots up here. Yeah, I think I think I do expect Fournier to get his workload up as well, but you're right. Terrence Ross will probably be second or third fiddle. Um, he might take as many shots as Fournier, but it's going to be Vucevic's game. Um, then those two guys... Wouldn't be surprised to see Augustine be a little bit more aggressive, but it's not like, you know, James Enos, Ken Birch. Those are the other nope. two guys that are going to benefit. You'll probably see Wesley Wundu play a few more nope. minutes. But, awesome. none of, yeah, none of those guys are high <laughs> point per minutes guys. And, you know, maybe if you're looking at James Enos, if he was min-salary, he's 3,700. Uh, if he was min-salary in a, in a better matchup, I mean, actually, Philly's been bleeding points. They're not regular Philly defense anymore. Uh, but if he was min-salary and we knew he was playing 38 minutes, you know, you're probably still looking at 25 DK points. Still not going to be like a, an overwhelming game. You can maybe trust him in cash games, maybe something like that, but you can't trust him in tournaments. So he's going to actually bring back, you know, incredible value on that return. So that's all I that's all I got, man. I think that's yeah. the uh, six and, games. And, unless we missed any other teams. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Uh, that's all right. I can't believe we were right over it. Neither one of us even noticed, too. So I, I, I was going to blame myself, but you didn't notice either. So I, I feel didn't a little bit better. Other, uh, it's okay. It's all right, man. It happens. It's early in the morning where you are. It's late at night where I am. We'll blame it on that. No worries. But uh, if you guys have a minute, go give us a follow on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Uh, Brett, why don't you let the good people know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Terrain72. So that's T-E-R-R-A-I-N-7-2. Absolutely. Go give my man Brett a follow, especially you guys over there in uh, Australia. Uh, you know, you have a pro over here at Hoopball uh, playing some draft stars. So if you guys need a hand, you need any advice, questions on your lineup, whatever it may be, you have our resident right here ready to help you guys. So go give him a follow. Oh, man, I just picked up my phone, man. I'm, I'm still doing okay. So. <laughs> Oh, wow. See, I didn't even look. Don't even tell them what's going on. I'm, I'm left oh, myself my. in the dark. But uh, that's all we have for you guys. I mean, it, it, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I believe it'll be Santino and is it Steve, I believe. Santino and Steve will be on tomorrow. Uh, breaking down on that Friday slate. I get to take the night off. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm going out to dinner. Uh, it's going to be a good nice. one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit of a wonky over here, but I go on an outdoor patio or something. Haven't done that very often since everything has started. Looking forward to getting out a little bit. But everybody, yeah, you know what I mean? You you know, it is what it is right now. Um, I think as long as, you know, be conscious, be safe. That's all that matters. Uh, I hope everybody else is out there being safe. And, you know, if if you guys have any, any sort of questions, hit us up. We are readily available at all times. Uh, you can check us out on our forums as well. But we will be back tomorrow. Again, it will be Santino. It will be Steve breaking down the uh, Saturday card for you guys. That's all we have for you over here at Hoopball. Thank you for listening, guys. Take care. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.